Welcome to the Empower Podcast by Mitchell. We visited this year's ASCF conference in Minnesota to sit down with industry leaders and workers' comp experts to hear the latest and greatest from the state fund world. First, we'll be speaking with Kristen Wall, ASCF president from LWCC. All right, we're here at ASCIF, and I'm here with ASCIF President Kristen Wall from Louisiana. So great to have you here. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Really excited about the conference. We've just started, so it's a little early, but what are you most excited about? Well, I mean, really just seeing everyone. So mm -hmm. we have a really close-knit community all across the country and with our Canadian brothers and sisters as well. So it's mm -hmm. always good just to reunite with everyone. It's a great opportunity to learn. Absolutely, there's so many great topics mm -hmm. this year. Um, I know communication with um, the injured worker is a, right. is a really big push uh, this year on the agenda. Maybe you can tell me a little yeah, about that. Yeah, it certainly that. is. So, well, that's one of our fundamental missions. So mm -hmm. if you really look at the different state funds, we all individually want to help our states thrive. And part of that is taking care of injured workers. Ideally, we prevent the injury from happening in the first place, and that's really our big push. Mm -hmm. But if it happens, then the point is to try to make sure that that injured worker is taken care of just like you'd want your family member to be taken care of and get that early intervention, the very best medical care they can get, and then hopefully a very safe return to work. I love that, it, yeah. how your family would be treated. That's, well, that yeah. really is, I think, how we feel, and I think that's why ASCIF and the individual members of ASCIF and all the people that are here today, we really do have a very different mentality maybe than some would think mm -hmm. in the insurance industry, but really it, it's the right thing to do. And so when you focus on that why we're all here, that's really a big part of the why for us. Yeah, so many people are incredibly passionate about yeah. it, and I, I love hearing everybody's stories and what they're excited about. Mm -hmm. um, what are you looking ahead towards for next year? So, well, for next year, I think mm -hmm. we'll be doing a lot of the same things to a certain extent, mm -hmm. but doing them maybe a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important in terms of ask if itself mm -hmm. is for it to understand its collective power. Mm -hmm. And at home in our various states, we all talk about why we do what we do, why we're passionate about what we're passionate about. Mm -hmm. But ask if itself needs to be, needs to collectively feel passionate about those same things. So we're really trying to bring the members of ASCIF even closer together this year mm -hmm. and uh, doing some more work to try to, with our committees and with mm -hmm. our committee structures, to make sure that there's great alignment really throughout the ASCIF organization. And you mentioned committees. Um, what are some of the topics that are bubbling up there? So the, we have a number of topics uh, about digital strategy this Love year, it. yes. Uh, so important, mm -hmm. um, again, making sure that there's an ease of doing business with us. Mm -hmm. There's so many changes, so many things that technology is bringing about on the healthcare side, but also on the distribution side and communicating with your customers. And so events like these today, yeah. um, it's, you know, you're realizing the, the power that we can all bring to one another. So the different groups are doing different things in their home states. But when we come here, there's a sharing of information. So that's, that's what makes it so nice. 
And customer expectations are changing, right? You're used to getting everything in the app and Amazon effect, mm -hmm. and, and we're seeing that play out in workers' comp, aren't that's, we? That's exactly right. That's what yeah. I was going to say. You know, we're customers. Right. And so how have we changed just over the last year, two years, three years? Well, our customers are changing too. And now they'd like to be able to buy workers' comp in the evening, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, in the wee hours in the morning, perhaps. A lot of these are small businesses, and so being able to be able to buy their insurance or report claims or send their payroll information in, um, that's all important to them now. Are you seeing a lot of that in Louisiana, where you're from? We're starting to see that, yes. Yeah. And so we have our own initiatives that we're working on at LWCC, but also we're starting to see some new markets come in. So there's mm -hmm. a tremendous amount of capital that's starting to be, uh, that's coming into the workers' compensation space. Mm -hmm. And they think, well, it's pretty easy, right, to, to sell a product online. So surely it's easy to sell workers' comp online. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy as all of that. And it's certainly not as easy to do all the attendant services um, as one might think. But nevertheless, we, I think we do need to embrace that future of technology and look towards that and bring all of our current skills, but also get some new ones as well. Mm -hmm. So this conference, I think, helps all of us do that. And there's so much uh, regulatory and compliance that goes along with our business that I think that really makes these kind of events so important. Right. Where you can keep up with things and understand what's happening and the dynamics in every city. There is, but you know, even the regulators are realizing that this business is dynamic mm -hmm. and that the regulation needs to be dynamic as well. So whether you're at the NAIC meetings or maybe tuning into what's going on at Lloyd's of London, mm -hmm. they're all starting to talk about the power of AI mm -hmm. and uh, the need to adapt and change for the insurance industry to adapt and change. I love it. I love it. Well, anything else that you're looking forward to? I know um, there's paddle boarding, there's tours of prints, right. uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff. What's on your agenda? I, I want to do all of it. I really, I, I loved last night the rides. I don't mm -hmm. know, we had a really wonderful opening conference session and um, afterwards we all rode the little ride and, and it was so much fun. So, But just the fishing and the the wonderful, wonderful weather that we have here is just Amazing. something special. So yeah, that's one of the things I love about ASCIF. Every every state really brings it, forward it their their unique flavor and such great hospitality. Right. And last night at the Mall of America, it, it was, was a so lot much of fun. fun. It yeah. was. Well, thank you so well, much for you. joining us and for um, sharing some insights about where insurance is going. And uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to connect a little later. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we'll speak with Scott Brenner, SVP and General Counsel at SFM. All right, we're here in Minnesota with our host, SFM, Scott Brenner, the Senior VP and General Counsel. And we're so thrilled to be in Minnesota. What a beautiful state. Well, we're glad to have you. What is it like to host everyone here? It's been wonderful. I mean, as I said earlier, Minnesota offers a lot. You know, its people offers a lot. Our products offer a lot. The topography offers a lot. And it's, it's been wonderful to share that and, you know, kind of showcase that we're just not a frozen state year round, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it really is absolutely gorgeous. And there's so much collaboration. Tell me a little bit about that. 
Well, within the industry itself, mm -hmm. we do highly collaborate with ourselves. I mean, mm -hmm. I, the other funds have been helpful to me my entire career at SFM, whether mm -hmm. it's trend spotting or best practice exercises. Mm -hmm. Most other funds are experiencing or will experience what we experience here in Minnesota. So to learn from my colleagues in other states is a very expeditious way of solving problems many times. Yeah, absolutely. And w what are some of the topics coming up? Formulary, opioids, what are you guys thinking about right now? Well, we still focus a lot on medical cost. Mm -hmm. The medical costs continue to be an increasing uh, exposure area for us, constituting mm -hmm. about 70% of the benefits set today. Wow. So we do a lot with opioid containment. Mm -hmm. We do a lot with fee schedule activities. We do a lot of advocacy, be it legislative or grassroots oriented, to institute uh, better statewide systems in our, you know, in our jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. So that's a heavy focus for us. Mm -hmm. We're focusing more and more on the technology side of the business. Uh, we've started investing in startup companies and taking a greater look at what they're doing and what they can bring to the table for us. We're mentoring some of those folks. I, in mm -hmm. fact, have mentored one in the last six months. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're putting broader resources into that overall genre. Interesting. And at one point, it was primarily predictive analytics. But yeah. although we still look at that, we're mm -hmm. looking at other avenues within the, the entire technology sector to see if they can bring benefit and uh, mm -hmm. economic advantage to our platform. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not only on the back end, but I'm hearing a lot on the consumer focus. It's the consumer side too, right? Yeah, yeah, the customer experience, the Amazon effect, et cetera. All of that, yep. yeah. Fantastic. And are there any topics that um, you're especially keen to see at ASCIF this year? Well, being a former state political official, I like the government affairs components that mm -hmm. we bring in. Mm -hmm. We are bringing our folks in from D.C. who arrived later today, in fact. I'll have a breakfast with them tomorrow morning, and they're presenting at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. So that's always interesting for me to get some national perspective mm -hmm. on, on, on what's going on politically. Um, within the, the more narrow confines of workers' compensation, mm -hmm. I do like the technology uh, aspects to the industry, and, mm -hmm. and ASCIF has been, I think, showcasing that a little more robustly the mm -hmm. last couple of years. So uh, that part of the program also I find interesting. Fantastic. And uh, any recommendations for uh, those who may need to visit Minnesota besides the Mall of America, which I can say is amazing? Anything well, else? Well, I mean, I highly encourage the lakes. I mean, we are the yeah. land of 10,000 lakes, and there's there's lakes near everywhere here. So uh, yeah, you should seek that out. Seek out some of our food. I'm in fact going to the microbrewery tour tomorrow. I so, love it, so, I love uh, it. There's a lot to do here. This is the time of year to see a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, so get out. I wouldn't stay just at the Mall of America. Um, if you want to play a little hooky, it's fine with me. <laughs> we'll see you all at the lake. Thank you so much, Scott. Hey, I really appreciate you. it. Hey, thank you. And thank you for hosting a wonderful event. Well, and thank you guys for helping us out so much. We're happy to do it. We'll see you all soon at the ASCIF conference. Now we'll sit down with CEO of Mitchell, Alex Sun. Welcome back. We're at the ASCIF conference, and I'm here with President and CEO Alex Sun. Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me. So what do you think of the conference so far? 
Terrific. Uh, I would say the content is fantastic. The agenda is kind of both engaging and educational. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to you know both aspects of it. You know, some of the evening events have been a lot of fun. You're getting to see good friends and clients, and also some of the educational content is just very compelling. Everything from George Will down to you know very specific topics around claims and underwriting. It's all great. Mm -hmm. And some of the claims topics I know are very focused on technology, mm -hmm. something that you've been an innovator in this space. What are you seeing so far? Well, you know, I think as far as technology broadly, there's just so many interesting things going on in industry right now. Uh, when I think about the technologies that people are really speaking about more commonly, I would say it evolves around Internet of Things, mobility in general, a lot of conversation around analytics, given that all these devices and sensors are throwing off a tremendous amount of data. And then when you take that even further, you know, some uh, growing, um, uh, emerging discussions around machine learning and computer vision as, again, uh, people look for advanced ways to process all this information. Do you see the workers' comp market and, and maybe even state funds, do you see that changing their business? Well, I, I mean, I think all businesses are changing as a result mm -hmm. of uh, these technological advances. So I would say you know, work comp insur insurance carriers as well as the state funds in general are all pursuing them you know, just as a matter of course. Uh, you know, from their vantage point, I think it'll be mostly about how they engage with that technology, start you know, testing it. Uh, for lack of a better term, playing with it to get more familiar with it and then to figure out what the right course is in terms of adopting it. And I'm hearing a lot about the customer experience. I mean, the state funds, as well as anyone in workers' comp, so focused on the customer, the injured worker in this case, and there are new expectations, right? You have right. the Amazon effect, everyone's wearing a Fitbit. Um, what are you thinking about in this space? It's changing so fast. Uh, it really is changing very quickly. And what I would say is, you know, it really, uh, I think so much of it is being driven by mobility. Mm -hmm. You know, you think back just uh, at the turn of this decade, 2010, and I recall when Facebook started going mobile, I was like, well, who would actually interact with you know, social media on a mobile phone? And lo and behold, most of the interactions are mobility. And when you even think of 2010, when you think about retail commerce, e-commerce, mm -hmm. less than 10% of all e-commerce uh, transactions were done on mobile phones, and today it's about 60%. So it, that kind of customer interface is you know, well entrenched now. It's very popular. And I think for anybody playing, you know, paying a claim or de dealing with an injured worker, you're going to have to leverage that as a more common way to interact with a claimant. So anything from first notice of loss or first report of injury to how you manage their case, I think a mobile interface will become a really big piece of that. You, know, you couple that with Internet of Things, and people's willingness to share information about themselves and it gives you opportunities to even be a personal risk manager to them as a work comp uh, uh, carrier. So lots of interesting uh, opportunities uh, to really change the dynamic or your, your experience or your relationship with the, cons uh, with the consumer and it'll be just a fascinating next 10 to 15 years. I see telehealth on my phone, right? Right. I mean, you never know where this can go. Right. I mean, yeah, Mitchell, you know, we, we experimented it with already. Uh, you know, we invested in a small telehealth business, knowing full well that it was a risky proposition, mm -hmm. just because we wanted to learn more about it. And I believe everything from reporting to injury to actually getting some form of medical attention via mobility will be oh, the wave of the future. 
Fantastic. Great insights. Um, what are you looking forward to next uh, coming up with the, the Mitchell Conference? Mm -hmm. um, what topics are you excited about there? You know, for me, the Mitchell Conference mm -hmm. is mostly uh, an opportunity to connect with our clients and talk about all the good things that are going on, uh, both at Mitchell but in the environment broadly. Uh, my particular focus and my passion is around technology, so I use, always use that as an opportunity to share uh, Mitchell's collective vision on where we think technology is going to take our industry over the next decade plus. Mm -hmm. And there's so many interesting things going on. You know, for me, it's mostly about machine learning right now, mm -hmm. just because it's so topical. Uh, the advancements that we're seeing are, you know, are surprising even me in terms of the quality of output that we're getting in, in terms of the work that we're doing. So it'll be really exciting and a great time. Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And we'll see you back at the booth at the ASCIF conference in Minnesota. And next, we'll be speaking to Paula Stoffer, VP of Claims Operations and Services at WCF. Welcome. We're here at the ASCIF conference, and I'm here with Paula Stoffer from WCF. She's the VP of Claims operations and services. We're so excited to have you here, Paula. Thanks for having me. So it's right at the beginning of the conference, but what are you most excited about? Uh the thing that I love about this conference is the opportunity to connect with many colleagues that I've met over the years. Um, we get to talk about things that are challenging, solutions, mm -hmm. trends, and I just love the folks that are here. It's, it really is like coming home every year. It's so much fun. It is, yes. What topics are you, um, what's on your agenda this year? So for me personally, it is understanding how we as a work comp carrier can remain relevant mm -hmm. in a very changing world. All of us are looking at growth and expansion because competition is high. Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure that as we grow and we develop and we become new organizations that we protect the core product of work comp. And everyone at this conference is very dedicated to making sure that the core product and that the rules and regulations and trends are managed well for uh, the industry, workers, families, all of that. Mm -hmm. I love that focus here. Everybody very much is focused on how to get the worker back to health and back to their jobs and their families. It's very focused. Yes, it's very focused. And at WCF, we have a motto that we fully believe in, and that is people matter. So everything that we do and every program we put into place and everything that we try to accomplish has that motto in mind that that people matter. We're here to protect and restore people's lives, and that's what the work comp interest industry is all about. So we're thankful to be part of it. Um, it's got great content, great people, all looking at the same goal. Hashtag people matter. Hashtag people matter. I love it. Yes. I love it. So um, tell me a little bit about the programs you guys have been doing in Utah. I see billboards and I've been hearing great results about like truly saving people's lives. Yeah. Can you share you some know, of that? Um, this is something I'm incredibly passionate about. There's so many people who've been impacted by this epidemic that we have. Mm -hmm. And we have been working for years to try to figure out how to be disruptive in that process. And what started out as you know, identifying a, a large cohort of, of injured workers who were struggling because of the use of chronic medication um, and all of the health issues and things that developed because of that chronic use. 
we also found that once they're there, it's very difficult to try to turn them into a different path or try to mitigate some of those losses that that creates. So we um, put together a new program that we're really proud of. It rolled out March 1st of 2017, and it's a goal to stop people from getting into a chronic state. So we put some programs in place with the help of Mitchell. Mm -hmm. um, we call it Ride RX. Love it. It's beautiful. Um, what that program does is make sure that when an opiate is uh, medically appropriate, that it's according to the guidelines with limited day supply and making sure that the morphine equivalent dose is at a healthy, safe level and not escalated. Mm -hmm. um, we, through that program, had better results than we could even imagine. We um, were able to take 41,000 pills off the streets oh because gosh. they were not filled. That is 41,000 pills that are not available to our children, our neighbors, or anybody who has malintent to go get them and use them for wrong reasons. And that's, that, that, that in of itself saves lives. And the fact that if, if an opiate is necessary, um, that we're watching to make sure that those dosages don't escalate and that they are actually getting the function that they need so we can get that tapered off as soon as possible so that we can prevent anybody from going in or becoming part of the epidemic. I love that. So, so really treating the acute pain when people mm -hmm. need it and then making sure mm -hmm. that they are safe and back to work. Yes. I love it. Yes. I love it. So it's been amazing. And um, you guys are so much about the customer experience and in whether it be through your opioid program or anything else, what's the new trends that you're seeing or thinking about? Well, there's a lot going on. Um, we are growing as a company, and so we want to make sure that we take our philosophy that people matter and be able to extend that out. Um, we're branching out into other states. We're focusing on the core product and expanding the core product of WorkComp and being able to take those initiatives that we've set out and getting them communicated outside of our organization. Because as we grow and our communities grow, we have to be in this together. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to be all in and and just fix this. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. I love it. I love the passion and your mission and so much great outcome. So thank you for much so much for sharing that. Thank you. Really powerful stuff. Um, we'll be talking to more leaders across uh, the ASCIF and state funds world, but Paula, thank you so much. Really thank appreciate you. it. Next, we'll talk to Nina Smith, General Manager of Mitchell Casualty Solutions. Welcome, we're back at the ASCIF conference in Minnesota and we're talking to General Manager Nina Smith. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So what do you like about the conference so far? You know, I just love um, not only what the state funds are doing, but what everyone does in workers' comp. It is just like amazing to me. Every day that I come to work, I know that we're doing great things mm -hmm. uh, for injured workers, injured parties. It depends on, you know, if it's our auto side of the business or work comp. Specifically for state funds, of course, working with all the various states, they are a major part of our business. We have quite a few state funds as our clients, and they're just terrific. And I know that their focus is on the injured worker and everything that they can do to help 
And the great part of it is, is our solutions are enabling them to do that and really helping that injured worker to get back to their daily lives, which is what we do in this business. You know, it's, we do it through technology, but at the end of the day, it takes people, you know, working with that technology to bring great results. And I hear so many of them trying to make every piece of that customer experience better. And are, are you hearing a lot of that as well? You know, I think all businesses are trying to make that customer experience better. So every step of that process, mm -hmm. you know, before there's an injury as an example, you know, mm -hmm. understanding where you go and what you should do. And then at every step in that process, making sure that, you know, people are there, that we're putting automation in place so that it's mm -hmm. easy for them, that we're taking care of their loved ones. You know, many of them have children. Yeah. And so what can we do to help to make sure that that entire experience until they can get back to their lives is just a fantastic experience. I love that. I love that. And I've heard so many people being focused on the automation that you mentioned and yes. how do you streamline things? How do you um, move the business forward? What are you hearing in the industry? Everyone's looking at automation. You think mm -hmm. about just the overarching insurance industry. Mm -hmm. It's very, um, I don't want to say dated, but it's, it's a little bit, some parts of it is a little bit, you know, slower moving, particularly mm -hmm. from a technology. But over the last, I'm going to say five years, mm -hmm. everyone's focused on automation. So this has been highly manual as an organization, as an industry, basically. Yeah. And so they're all, they're looking at every step of the process and how do you automate that. And the great news is, is that's what we do. We are a technology company, and so we're bringing automation to a lot of those manual tasks. So it's, uh, it's a pretty exciting time for everyone. Yeah, and then they can focus more on the workers. The adjusters are that's so right. fantastic. Right. So looking at every step of that process, I mean, even the adjusters, I mean, every day, like we heard a speaker this morning that says 10,000 people, people in the U.S. are retiring wow. every day. Wow. So imagine that's what's happening to adjusters. That's what's happening in our business as well. Mm -hmm. And so what are you going to do to even automate some of their tasks? I mean, you mm -hmm. go to some of, some of our clients, you go to their office, and they still have sticky notes everywhere. And the more and more we can spend time with them and understand why they're doing that and automate those tasks is going to make for a much more efficient organization. And the smarter solutions are built in. I know we're doing a lot with machine learning and trying to get the data in to help at every step. So it's the so data, much smooth, right. smoother. The data, yeah, can you talk yeah. a little the more about that? The data is like everything. Yeah. So you have all of these disparate mm -hmm. systems. They all have data. Mm -hmm. So how do you integrate that data so that you have that? And again, it's going to automate the processes as well. And you know, at Mitchell, we just have tons of data because we process the medical bills, over 35 million of them. Wow. And so as a result, we're sitting on all of this medical information. And just imagine, we can share it. We can share what are the best results? How can we help you to get the best outcomes? So the data is everything, but we've got to integrate it throughout the various systems. Mm -hmm. And those tend to be pretty heavy IT projects, mm -hmm. but everyone's taking them on. Love that. So this is real, and we're certainly doing it as well because we have so much data. Mm -hmm. And what are you seeing as far as uh, industry trends? You, you mentioned the 10,000 people retiring a day. So I, I know you're a big part of leadership and mentorship. How do you um, integrate all of that changing work environment? 
Oh, so this is like my favorite topic. So with all the change that's happening for me, I have always in my career, I've always mentored. I do believe in giving back. Mm -hmm. And so how do you give back? You really have to reach down, engage the younger population. You know, mm -hmm. the millennials, everyone's like, oh, do you really want to? And it's like, I really want to engage them. Yeah. I have my own personal philosophy around each one. Actually, teach one, right? So reach mm -hmm. back and teach one. So it's actually been great. I am... I've always been involved, whether it's women, whether it's minorities, mm -hmm. um, anyone in the workplace. And at any given time, I'm probably mentoring 10 to 15 people. Wow. And it's easy. It is so easy to give back because I've had yeah. years of experience and I have passion. Mm -hmm. I absolutely, you know, absolutely love to do that. I'm also on the Alliance for Women in Work Comp. That's right. So we started this organization, I'm going to say about three years ago. Yeah. And um, last year at the National Work Comp event, we had probably well over 450 women. And this year what we're doing, which is pretty exciting, yeah. is we're gonna ask each woman to bring a male, someone I from like the workplace, this. because the industry is still pretty male-dominated yeah. at the highest levels. And so just bringing them in and just having them to just really understand what it means to work in a diverse environment and talk about opportunities for, for women and for men. Fantastic. Yep. Thank you so much for your yeah, leadership yeah, and for the inspiration. You. And thank you all so much for joining us at ASCAF. We look forward to seeing you soon on the Mitchell Empower podcast. Now we'll chat with Dr. Mitch Freeman, Chief Clinical Officer here at Mitchell. Thank you for joining us. We're here at the ASCIF conference with Dr. Mitch Freeman, our Chief Clinical Officer here at Mitchell. Welcome, Mitch. Thank you. So what do you think of the conference so far? I think it's going well. I think the attendance is high and there's a lot of good energy and excitement at the conference right now. Are there any topics that are high on your list? You know, typically I, I lean towards uh, pharmacy and medication type, type topics, obviously, but um, I'm looking forward to hear a lot of the uh, policy-based topics discussed here. Yeah, and a big policy uh, change is so many of the states are going towards formularies. We're seeing that a lot. What are you thinking about that wave? Yeah, there really is a, is a wave of uh, state-mandated formularies mm -hmm. going across the country right now, and it's gaining more momentum as well. Um, I think it's a little bit of a trade-off. It kind of limits payer flexibility to some extent, but it really helps to clarify um, for the payer what, what should be covered and what should not. Uh, it also allows a good amount of clinical control, uh, making sure that medications are clinically appropriate. And one of the main reasons that I hear at least the legislators uh, talk about is the opioid crisis, is they're using this as one of the tools to help. What are some of the trends in um, helping to combat the opioid crisis you're seeing? Yeah, formularies are definitely a tool to help control the opioid crisis, which mm -hmm. is still a major problem in workers' compensation. Mm -hmm. uh, I think other things like clinical guidelines, so the CDC opioid guidelines have been very helpful. Uh, as well as uh, opioid guidelines by ODG, ACOM, those type of clinical guidelines that really uh, highlight the importance of controlling the opioid use and making appropriate use of the opioids. Um, I would also say that a lot of the state legislators have mm -hmm. stepped forward and, and passed state-specific opioid laws that limit uh, not only the dosing amount, but the day supply that can be dispensed with an opioid. Uh, first prescription. So you're preventing future opioid abuse when you control those prescriptions very early in the claim. 
And some really great results so far. States like Texas have seen fantastic results really helping people stay healthy and get back to work, right? Yeah, we've seen significant decreases in not only the number of opioid prescriptions, mm -hmm. but just as important, the dose of those prescriptions. Mm. So not only are there fewer prescriptions being filled that are opioids, um, lowering that dose is very important because we now have clear guidance on what the upper limits of opioid dosing should be. So the, the MED calculations per day seem to vary a little bit between um, ACOM, ODG, CDC. Do you see that kind of coming together? Yeah, we see them getting much more in line. Um, mm -hmm. If you were to look back a few years ago, uh, MED levels as high as 120 uh, were considered high risk. Mm -hmm. uh, we see that dropping to where, uh, you know, above 90 is considered very high risk mm -hmm. and uh, recommendations not to exceed 50 if not necessary. Wow. And I know you've built in risk alerts into um, some of the software. Do you see that as helping adjusters kind of flag and look for those beyond just like blocking them at the point of sale? Yeah, we, we felt like it was important to address the entire risk of the claim mm -hmm. instead of just individual drug therapy issues. So the risk scoring tool allows them to get an overall view of the risk on the entire claim, mm -hmm. along with guidance and recommendations on how to intervene on that claim with clinical experts uh, to really change the course of that claim. And if you don't inter intervene on anything on the claim, it's not going to change. So right. you, have to, you have to employ those, those tools and get clinical experts actually in communication with the prescribing physician. And you know, another thing that's coming up so much on a state basis, since it's not being addressed on a nationwide basis, is medical marijuana in workers' comp. Um, things are changing so fast. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so that's been another wave across the country. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely on the medical marijuana side, we're starting to see uh, you know, some of the uh, recreational use pass as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's. It hasn't been a huge impact so far, other than um, a lot of payers having to decide what their policy is going to be when it comes to reimbursement for marijuana. And it's complicated, right? Because uh, if they do reimburse, then they can't necessarily go through the traditional channels. Is that right? Yeah, you know, a, a lot of insurers are also um, banking institutions. Mm -hmm. And with marijuana being federally still illegal, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of caution being taken. Um, you know, one view is that if there is payment for medical marijuana, it mm -hmm. should be a direct reimbursement to the actual patient mm -hmm. because then you're reimbursing the patient. You're not uh, purchasing the marijuana directly from a dispensary. So that's it. it's kind of one workaround to just to be cautious yeah. uh, that we've seen payers take. And legally, um, some states have said, yes, you have to reimburse. Some states said, no, you don't have to reimburse. What, what are you seeing as a trend one way or the other? Uh, you know, it's, it's been about even mm -hmm. so far, um, but you know, even that may change over time. So in states like Louisiana, you don't have to reimburse. Mm -hmm. um, there's been court cases in New Mexico where you do just for example. So uh, just like workers' comp is always a 50 state industry and uh, it'll continue to be as, as, as far as medical marijuana goes as well. Interesting. So you obviously are looking at the clinical side. How do you see um, clinical changing with the advent of so much technology? And we're hearing a lot about it at the conference this year. Uh, you know, technology is, is always something that makes things easier mm -hmm. and tends to make things 
produce better outcomes if used appropriately. So we're really focused on machine learning and predictive modeling. And um, you know, currently most of the industry we look for drug therapy problems to happen and then build strategies around how to intervene and fix those. Uh, but if we can identify claims at risk where something is more likely to happen in the future before something bad happens, then we can intervene much earlier before you know, any drug therapy issues arise. And you, you allow payers to really put their resources um, on claims that are highly likely to be problems in the future, mm -hmm. and also identify claims that don't need additional resources applied to as well. That's just as important. So to better use your resources internally and focus on those claims that will become problem claims later on. Right, and, and making sure people have the support they need to get back to work. Absolutely, right. yeah, absolutely. That's, it's all about outcomes. If, if you look for the best outcome and get the person back to work, then cost will take care of itself. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what I love about this focus at ASCAP is everyone is very much aligned in getting people back to work, back to health, and back to their lives. Definitely. Yeah, well, thank you so much sure. for uh, sharing some of your insights, and uh, we'll hear more from the Ask If show floor. Thank you. And last, but certainly not least, we'll speak with Shaheen Hatamian, Mitchell's SVP of Product Management and Strategy. Welcome back. We're here with Shaheen Hatamian, the VP of Product Management and Strategy at the Ask If Conference in Minnesota. Shaheen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be here. So you are on the cutting edge of technology and automation. What are you seeing in the space right now? Uh, we're seeing a lot of demand for automation. You actually uh, hit it on the head. Um, a lot of our clients are looking more and more towards um, increasingly taking the manual processes out of the things that they do every day, things that would require a lot of uh, paperwork in the past, things that would require a lot of manual operators sitting at their desks, at their computers all day long, and they are trying to uh, make it more efficient, make it more electronic, taking the paper completely out of the offices, mm -hmm. and uh, whether it's the submission of the claims forms or, uh, or invoices and bills from the doctors and replacing that with electronic means of communicating uh, between the various different entities. And then once those artifacts are in their wheelhouse, to um, process them, they're looking more for uh, solutions that are allowing them to take decisions and make decisions more automatically, at least for the cases where a decision can be made automatically very quickly without intervention of some expert, in this case being the adjusters. So uh, what we call the exception-based processing is the kind of the norm and the rule of the land now. Uh, and uh, the, the role that data and analytics actually plays in that is very important because uh, what we are seeing is that obviously you cannot just arbitrarily replace the, the tasks that were done previously by human beings. It has to be done based on some intelligence. And uh, that intelligence you know, basically resides in, in uh, the analytics and the data and the historical ways that the claims have been processed. So we have to have means and technology that can pour over that historical data and be able to mine that and, and bring it to life uh, to help process these claims more automatically. So you're actually mining this vast source of data, building in some of the intelligence into the software, and then helping the adjusters spend 20% of their time on the most yeah. important yeah. things, right? Yeah, exactly. Instead of the 80-20 rule, right? Exactly. 
Yeah, and um, on the state funds, are you seeing, um, since we're here at ASCIF, are you seeing a lot of interest in those kind of topics? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're uh, absolutely seeing that they would like to give these tools to their adjusters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you hear a lot of these kind of doom and gloom that artificial intelligence and machine learning is going to replace human beings in the future. So I would say that that is not going to happen, maybe not in the next, you know, couple of decades. But what is going to happen is that some of the, the more um, simpler tasks are going to be able to um, done. We can do them more automatically and take that away from, from the work that the adjusters have to do. And the, the state funds are no different than other carriers in that sense, that they're looking for what are some of the advances in the technology that's going to allow their staff to be able to be more nimble and take care of the things that matter the most. Um, and then, you know, on the, on the front uh, of reducing paper and, and, you know, document management, we are seeing more and more that uh, the tasks that were done in the mail rooms and shuffling a lot of paper, state funds are very big on looking at what are some of the, the, the things that we can do electronically, e-billing, e-payments. Uh, there are some mandates at state level that require a lot of insurance carriers and now moving more towards actually providers to, um, to enforce these, these rules and require them to actually submit the documents and be able to receive the documents back electronically. So, so you see that there's a shift in the regulatory that, that is going to um, kind of push the entire industry towards paperless. So. Yeah. I, I love that. And you guys um, are thinking a lot on the innovation side mm -hmm. of, about machine learning. How do you see that um, being built in as well? Well, so on several fronts, one of, one of the things that we are focused on and looking at is that, as I said earlier, the, the, the intention here for the machine learning, artificial mm -hmm. intelligence, and these technologies to be able to look back and look at how things were done properly by the adjusters, by the manual processes, and automate them for the future cases. And so what we're looking at, historically, a lot of that data resides in kind of um, disparate places. First of all, they're not centralized. Uh, second of all, they may be on paper. They may be in free-form text. They're not codified. So in order to pour over that data and be able to mine the meaningful things out of them, it's going to require a lot of um, modeling and a lot of data science. So we have data scientists that are actually now, you know, working for us to look at what are, for example, some of the things that the nurses and the adjusters have opined on that may be in some freeform text in, in the file. And go through that, have the machine go through that and say with certain certainty that for this type of a claim, this was the opinion that was rendered and how the claim was adjudicated and going over thousands and millions of claims be able to, um, with a high degree of confidence, adjudicate the future claims. So those are the types of things that we're looking at. Yeah, it's amazing. And you mentioned the nurses. I mean, mm -hmm. managed care is such a big part of you know, getting the injured worker back to work. Correct. Um, what innovations do you see there? So on that front, we're seeing actually um, more and more companies, state funds alike, that they are looking at utilizing uh, the, the nurses and the doctors to be able to get proactive with the care of mm -hmm. the patients and the injured persons to get them back to work faster, quick, you know, frankly. And by, by doing so, you're going to actually help 
your own business, which ultimately, you know, it is a business and you're trying to reduce the cost. So it's a win-win. So you get the injured person back to work faster, you save money. Uh, and how do you do that uh, compared to the traditional means of adjudicating claims, which was more, you know, looking at cost containment, how can we do things, you know, retrospectively. Mm -hmm. Now, it, you know, a lot of the, the carriers and a lot of state funds are looking to get more proactive by having the medical and the clinical staff participate in the care of the patient. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, now you have a proliferation and an increase in the number of clinical staff that are always working the cases. And um, once that happens, there is a need for, again, technology mm -hmm. and, and IT to make their jobs easier. So if you have hundreds of people on, on staff and they're working in an archaic system to do their job, whether it's a workflow uh, process, uh, you know, some rule-based process, document management again, uh, paper shuffling, all of that is going to require automation. It's going to require um, you know, state-of-the-art um, software to be able to do that, and it's going to require analytics again to do that. So that's an area we're also focused on to be able to do that process easier uh, for the clinical staff. Fantastic. Smarter solutions built in, right? That's correct. I love the innovation. Thanks so much for joining us to hear this wrap up of Ask If Thought Leaders. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and you can also find us now on iTunes so you can catch up on workers comp issues whenever and wherever. Thanks for joining. This is Shelly Callahan powering down the Empower podcast by Mitchell. Join the conversation and read articles on our website, mitchell.com empower.